You are now listening to episode 13 of I'm an Adult, Now What? Okay, so this episode is a little bit different because I was joined by my friend Loza who asked me to be on her YouTube channel. So we recorded a YouTube video plus the audio so that I could make it into a podcast episode. If you'd like to watch the YouTube video, um, you can click the link in the description. If not, you can just listen to this, whatever works for you. Uh, I met Loza at work. She's a great woman, um, very sweet and also very headstrong and... um, I was really happy to meet her, so I'm glad we got to do this episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Um, today, we want to talk about racism and um, just trying to understand it more mm-hmm. and see um, see the root of it. Just understanding racism. Um, when I first met her, one of the things that drew me to her was she just had this calm energy and we spent the entire shift just talking about colorism, racism, what else did we talk about? Just, um, <laughs> I think we talked about like schools, oh, like, yeah. I guess racism within like schooling as well. Yeah. But yeah, mostly like racism and colorism. True, yeah. true. Um, so yeah. Deep oh. stuff for work. Exactly. On the first day. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also talked about racism within the movie industry yeah. and things like that. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I forgot about that. Because mm-hmm. it was kind of a while ago that we worked together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I guess we'll start off by talking about your background. Um, where are you from? What's your ethnicity? Um, I am from Scotland, like born there and... Um, and raised until I was 12, and then I am Zambian on my mother's side. So, yeah, my mom's Zambian. So your mom is Zambian, your dad is Scottish. Scottish. Yeah. Okay, got it. Um, one of the things that I actually liked about you is, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but I usually, when I meet biracial uh, people, mm-hmm. they relate more to their white side and they know very little about their black side so that's one thing that i really liked about you is your how much knowledge you had about your african side Mm -hmm. and how much pride you had so i was just curious how when you started developing that and if it was ever a struggle at any point for you um yeah i guess like i think my awareness of it was uh I don't know, I guess I didn't really think too much into being mixed for a while. And then, like, in school, I remember we were doing, um, like, what's your favorite food? Like, mm-hmm. in a circle, like, we were, the teacher had asked us, and so everyone went around and said what their favorite food was, and I said Zazzle, which is my mom's, like... I figured it like, <laughs> like an ethnic food. <laughs> yeah, and everyone, like, just went silent and turned, and that's when I was like, Oh, because I was like, what? Why are people looking at me like that? And I would have been like, I don't know, six years old. Yeah. This is my dog. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I would have been like six. And that's kind of when I realized, oh, there's something different about like my home life, I guess. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, my mom's always like, you know, tried to teach us things about her culture. But I know that Mm -hmm. we're missing like a lot of things like. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things I don't understand about her, mm-hmm. like the way that she was raised and like, um, 
just her family dynamic would have been so different um because she said like in my family it's like this and then we would be like well (laughs) what is it we have no like reference point to like her family because they were all in zambia so it was kind of a bit confusing yeah yeah Okay, and um, when you initially realized that difference, I know you're probably too young to remember, or maybe you remember, um, did that change your behavior in any way at any point? Were you embarrassed by your African side, or did you own it right away? No, I think I was kind of embarrassed in a way, just because of how it made me feel when people would be like, what, like you eat that, what is that, oh that's weird, and stuff like that. Um, so I think I was a bit embarrassed because you just want to fit in because I didn't fit in visually. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to fit in every other way possible. Like, you know, you want to fly low under the radar. So Mm -hmm. I think that just made me like not talk about, um, like my differences. Right, right, right. And then like that kind of, I realized that my mom's side was like what makes me different. So I just, I don't think I would really bring it up in school, maybe to my friends, but I don't really remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I went through something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, when you don't grow up in, um, when you're outside of the norm and you look different, like you said, physically, you look different than the majority of the people, you you instantly get rejected. Mm, yeah. uh, people don't want to be your friend. And that's how we started talking about daycares and how important it is to educate children from an early age um, because that's when they start noticing the difference. Yeah. Um, for me, I used to wish I was white when I was a kid, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Um, yeah. because I have so much pride in being black now, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, it's just a matter of wanting to fit in. Yeah. And you're, <clears throat> sorry, just to clarify, um, for the oh, yeah. podcast, <laughs> um, you are Sudanese. I am Sudanese. Yes. Um, um but your complexion is on the lighter side from what people would expect from a Sudanese person? Um, from uh, North Sudanese, mm-hmm. I'm normal. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm average in North Sudan. Okay. And Sudan is very, it has every shade of black. Mm-hmm. The darkest black you can find in the world mm-hmm. is in Sudan. Mm-hmm. And the lightest, some of the lightest people are also in Sudan. So I'm right in between, like right in the middle. Okay. Um, but in North Sudan, my complexion is pretty normal, average. Oh, um, but I didn't grow up in Sudan. Oh, I grew okay. up in uh, Pakistan and Syria, Yemen, places where I stood out. Right. Um, yeah, so I felt, I felt it definitely growing up. Wow. Those yeah. are, like, such cool places to have lived. Like, not a lot of people can say that they've lived in those countries. Yeah. You know? Even if they're, like, torn by, like... Um, you know, destruction and mm. whatnot? Um, it's, well, as a black person, it wasn't cool at all. <laughs> yeah. Because of the discrimination that I experienced mm-hmm. growing up there. But, but I mean, they have some aspects of their cultures that are really beautiful. And, um, but like I said, just for being black, right. they're racist two extremes like modern day slavery still exists there wow um but yeah i mean i guess the when i got that sense of pride mm-hmm. uh in being black was when i when we moved to tanzania and oh, okay. i was surrounded by black people for the first time that was when i really started loving myself and and 
and my complexion and everything. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Is that just because, like, you, um, I don't know, just saw, like, how beautiful other people were? Like, you could see it in other people and see it in their culture and how they were? Like, is that what kind of inspired you to love yourself? It's, that's a good question. It's actually um, the fact that no matter how mixed you are, Mm -hmm. you're always going to be black. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, if you travel anywhere in the world, you're going to face some form of discrimination as a black person. Mm -hmm. But the people who are going to accept you are the black people. Black people are extremely loving and accepting um, of their own. Mm-hmm. And that acceptance is what made me have that sense of belonging. Even though they say that, you know, a lot of people say, you're not black, you're not black. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, there's still love there. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does make sense. Yeah, I've always found, like, um, like my mom's black. And I just find that whenever I see another black woman, there's something so, like, comforting about that. And I don't know if it's just because my mom's black that I, you know, seek the comfort with someone who looks like her. But I feel like even if my mom wasn't black, I would still, like... Yeah. As long... If I wasn't, like, racist, I feel like if you're open to seeing it, like, black women just have such a nurturing, like, side to them... Like, my mom is, like, the person that will see a baby crying, like, in the subway and, like, offer to hold your baby for you. And, like, you know, like, she'll, she always did that when we were younger. Like, if someone's baby was crying, she would be like, oh, like, can I hold it? And, you know, and if the person, like, allowed her to, like, the baby would stop crying eventually. It was, like, so I always thought my mom had this, like, magic superpower where she could, like, make any baby stop crying. But, Yeah. Yeah. I just that's, think there's something very comforting about that, it. That's true, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, on, like, adding on to that, um, when, in Vancouver, whenever I'm walking somewhere, I'm at a coffee shop or wherever, and I see mixed children, mm-hmm. whether their mom is black or white, um, they always have this curiosity. Mm-hmm. this curious look when they look at me mm-hmm. because they don't see so many black people or kids that look like them mm-hmm. do you get that too yeah like so when you see a, a child that's mixed and then their parent yeah like um if i like the other day i went to tim hortons and um this one kid with her white mom was just staring at me oh you know I because see. they're not used to seeing um black people mm-hmm. they always always not once does it fail um they always just stare at you with this curiosity because they see the resemblance between you and them right more so than like them with their own mother which that must be a weird feeling yeah like i feel like it would have been so different if my mom was white because like i grew up in scotland so everyone was white and the mm-hmm. only reference point to like other black people was um from tv and like music right. so i'd see like beyonce and yeah oh my dog needs that oh he wants to go <laughs> One asked about like the the kids in the supermarket um yeah i would say that like that would be quite a important part in a mixed kid's life oh, yeah. seeing like a figure that um looks like you because that's all people want at the end of the day. Yeah. And I feel like with when it comes to, like, movies and stuff, when people, um, 
like a lot of people will complain about oh like this whole uh what do you call it um representation matters Mm -hmm. issue like it it is an issue but the people who complain about it saying that like it doesn't matter yeah Yeah. like they just they don't get it because they see themselves in everything they look at like there's always like a caucasian actor and stuff but like even like east indian actresses there's like two i can name that are in hollywood that's not good you know so like if you're an american um of east indian descent you just want to see someone that looks like you exactly you know and um yeah, I just think that's important. So when you do see someone that looks like you finally, like that girl seeing you in the supermarket, <laughs> it's like, wow, someone yeah. who has curly hair, yeah. you know? If she's struggling yeah. with her hair, it, yeah. like accepting it, and then she sees like you rocking your hair. Exactly, like, they'll then be... she'll be more likely to to rock her hair. <laughs> yeah, because your hair's gorgeous, so yeah, she you just you be too. like inspired. Yeah. <laughs> I love your hair, by the way. She has this big, <laughs> thick hair. Yeah. Wrapped it up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I know it's extremely important, and whoever argues it is just ignorant, extremely ignorant. Yeah. Um, when, I don't know if I told you guys, but um, at the daycare that I used to work in, I think we talked about this. Yeah. Um, I bought Black History Month to the daycare that we, that I worked at, and it was such a huge problem. Uh, with my coworkers, did I tell you that? Yeah. You did, but yeah, they definitely they fought so it. hard <laughs> <laughs> not to um, not to have it, um, and that's um, my sister and I call it, and I think it's a thing, uh, white guilt. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of it? Yes. Let's discuss that um, yeah. after, actually. But um, but when when I bought eventually. It, I, I went through with it and I uh, checked out books from the library for children and the first people that were instantly drawn to it were the biracial children. We don't have just black children at our daycare, we have biracial children mm-hmm. and these are kids that don't read often mm-hmm. and yet they were drawn to their to those books and just reading for hours, just sitting there reading and looking through the pictures and it was just such a beautiful to see yeah that's so interesting like um did their parents know that this was being like brought into the daycare like the they didn't know but I introduced them um and I had some resistance from some of the parents too okay uh they were uncomfortable with it and uh of course the parents who had black children uh were not uncomfortable they were actually really happy oh yeah okay and um although one family uh the mom is latina no, she's Spanish, mm-hmm. and her dad is uh, black, Latino, mm-hmm. like from Cuba. Okay. And um, she um, is extremely open-minded, but she just didn't know when to have that conversation with her daughter. And I had to talk to her, and I told her that um, there's never a good time for these conversations. Mm-hmm. If you don't talk to her about it, someone else will, and you don't know how that conversation is going to go. Yeah. And um, that kind of opened up the doors for that discussion for them right. to have. So well, that's great. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think you're right because with um, the wrong person teaching your child that, like, they could say it in the wrong way. Yeah. Or make it into, like, you know, um, a very, like, negative experience versus just, you know, a neutral experience. Exactly. Because it's not positive experience. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just better if you teach it 
before someone else someone does. Someone else does, yeah, definitely. And I kind of wish my parents had a talk with me. I mean, maybe they just didn't consider it. I should ask them, actually. Yeah. But um, it... I wonder how it would have gone if they had said, like, hey, listen, like, you're going to school now. There's, like, not going to be a lot of people that look like you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, if anyone says anything to you, like, let us know. Just because on my first day of school, we lined up to go into um, into the building. And, in Scotland. Yeah, in okay. Scotland. And uh, the girl in front of me, she turned around and she said, um, why are you brown? And I was like, <laughs> God. <laughs> Uh, and it was so, like, abrupt. Like, I remember it to this yeah. day. But I was just... And it was so innocent. She didn't mean it in a bad way. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, it was just, like, you know, you've yeah. always seen pink crayons. And then finally you see a blue crayon. You're like, yeah. what? What is this? Yeah. So it was, like, not... It wasn't rude. And she was, like, my age. Like, it was an innocent question. But it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Because I was like... Why am I brown? Oh. And then I was like, I don't know. Ask god oh, <laughs> like that's just, say that? yeah because it was a catholic <laughs> oh school and i was like i don't know yeah so that's it was, hilarious <laughs> that's the first time i thought about it but oh, god. yeah if i had been like kind of pre-warned that that might happen I, I don't think it would have been as like shocking shocking yeah. yeah true same thing with me my parents did not have the conversation with me uh, my brother and i went to in yemen this was in yemen mm-hmm. and uh ours was extreme uh they used to beat us up like the kids used to fight beat us up actually wow. <laughs> I know, i'm laughing about it now but it's it's not funny it was very traumatizing um my older brother was beaten up a lot yeah and he's really he really suffers a lot from anxiety and anger to this day mm. um but um the way my dad taught us my dad is very old school mm-hmm. he said to us because a lot of African parents don't know how to have these heart-to-heart conversations. They're, they weren't raised like that. My dad was raised with, like, a tough, tough grandpa who used to beat him with, like, a whip and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was just the, the way he was brought up. So he told us, my brother came home crying one day, and he told both him and I, if you come home crying one more time, I'll give you a reason to cry about. <laughs> you take care of business in school. <laughs> And ever since that day, my brother's been getting into fights. He started fighting back, mm-hmm. and um, he just never allowed anyone to to bully him, which is great. Um, but at the same time, there's that other aspect of it, which is the emotional part, mm-hmm. which um, my parents now have learned to to show us. Right. But it's just it's just there's a lack of um, communication within the African community. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the same with African Americans and I, Asians too have that lack of communication. Um, but, but yeah, that's how, you know, I used to get into fights in high school. That's when I was like, okay, no more, none of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, anyone who uh, tried to bully me or whatever would, would get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so would you fight back? Now I, I learned to use my words, you know. But yeah. before in high school, yeah, I almost got this um, kicked out of school because of my my issues, my anger. <laughs> oh, okay. um, but it was all in self defense. Um, yeah. So um, how did I get to this topic? I don't know. <laughs> um, um, no. Oh, having the conversation with your children right, yeah. is extremely important. And I actually saw that with uh, one of the kids who um, 
at the daycare, his father is South African, his mom is white, mm. Canadian. And um, he would always take his kid back to South Africa mm. and teach him, this is your culture, this is how you're, where you come from, mm-hmm. your skin color is this. And um, he, that kid was so confident, mm. like unbelievably confident. And when he did face racism mm-hmm. at school, he went and told his dad, his dad took care of it. Mm. Otherwise, he probably would have experienced it and continued to dwell on it not shared with anyone right that's usually what what happens mm-hmm. so yeah because again that's a communication issue when yeah. you don't tell them what's mm-hmm. happening because you can't expect people to know exactly you can't expect your parents to know mm-hmm. if you don't say it's hard to say but like yeah yeah if you can communicate that i think there would be many like problems that would be nipped in the bud like sooner really yeah <clears throat> um and was this uh south african father like visually and racially was he black he was black okay extremely self-aware um extremely proud in fact when he walked in he saw my project set up in the corner um he came to me and he's like well this is really nice but just some advice be careful because a lot of people don't want to hear this and it might cause problems for you Mm -hmm. at work um so he was just looking out for me and Mm -hmm. it's true i i've i I told him i'm like you know what i already faced these problems trying to get this project here Mm -hmm. and um but he's he he tried to do the same thing at his job too and he faced challenges right so yeah which is um was the challenge the whole white guilt thing that you wanted to thank you i completely forgot no (laughs) (laughs) uh yes um that's yeah it's um i spent a lot of time trying to understand this white guilt mm-hmm. and um so my best friend um and i we've been through ups and downs we stopped talking to each other for two years one time and um when i started being more being more active about uh racism and things like that discussing these things publicly openly on youtube Mm-hmm. Uh, she became very uncomfortable and would kind of deny my experience and say things that uh, would trigger me. Like, are you sure it was racist? What makes you think it's racist? I don't think it's racist. Things like that. Mm. Um, so I stopped talking to her for a while. And she is a psychiatric nurse. So she's very in tune with herself. She went and she reflected on it. And um, she came back to me one time. And she said, um, we met up for coffee. She said, um, the reason why I denied your experience is because your experience made me feel guilty. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to accept the fact that my people have caused you, were capable of causing so much harm. Mm-hmm. And she was referring to like colonization, slavery, mm-hmm. even racism that I experienced on a daily basis, you know? Right. The subtle racism. And um, now she completely understands. She re- watches videos. She reads up on it. She listens to poetry about white privilege. Um, so we've gone over that hump, but mm. that is white guilt. Right. Um, it's a very interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think it's, about it? Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting because... Um... Yeah, there's, like, a resistance that um, a lot of, like, white people have towards hearing, like, historical um, problems that have happened between white people and other cultures. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and like I'm British, so I can say people can come at me if they want to, but uh, like I don't know, the British have the worst reputation for mm, that you because guys colonized us. Yeah, they went <laughs> all these places, colonized all these places, yeah. and you know, um, yeah, caused a lot of destruction. You know, and just felt like they had the right to go into these places and like harm other people and mm-hmm. they brought disease to them and you know like it, it just was a lot of the world like mm-hmm. when you look at it um but the people who are british like now they didn't cause that right mm-hmm. so it's like a weird thing because you have this guilt for something that you didn't actually do yourself yeah so there's no need for like people nowadays to feel guilty like yeah. as if they did it because they didn't do it Mm -hmm. but it's just um there's a responsibility to um acknowledge that it happened yeah you can't just cover it up it Mm -hmm. it would be like something very personal happening to one person like if they were assaulted or something and then no one wants to acknowledge it yeah it's like disrespectful you know of course and the thing is like they don't have to deal with the repercussions of the events that happened like hundreds of years ago but we still do in different in a, yeah in a different way because it's never yeah. been addressed and so it's carried on through to modern times and it still affects those cultures mm-hmm. yeah it's um it's uh denying it adds to the problem yeah you know you're a part of the problem by denying that it exists mm-hmm. um, I always tell people that like just just because you don't see it you don't experience it um, doesn't mean that it doesn't exist mm-hmm. and on top of that um, they don't even realize that what they're feeling is guilt mm-hmm. a lot of people don't even realize that this is what I'm experiencing uh, my friend was able to see that because she's very self-aware she went home and she reflected over a long period of time Mm -hmm. and um, she came to that conclusion and the average person doesn't actually take time to go and reflect on their emotions and their thought process right yeah that's so true I actually have a lot of respect for your friend for doing that yeah because um, a lot of people would just let their ego get in the way and they Mm -hmm. would go their entire life just pretending like that didn't happen (laughs) they never talk to you again because then to see you and to talk to you reminds her that she you know chose to not um look further into it you know like you're a walking reminder that yeah she's choosing to neglect yeah exactly a whole thing of history (laughs) like that's crazy so the fact that she thought about it shows that she cares about you too a lot and the fact that she came back a whole lot of people would never do that yeah i lost i lost a few friends in that way actually um because to me this is an extremely important part of who I am Mm -hmm. and um, even if I were to not personally experience a lot of these things which I find almost impossible Mm -hmm. um, just knowing that my people experience it that's more than enough reason for me to to fight for it Mm -hmm. or to speak up against it Mm -hmm. Um, my issue on the flip side of white um, guilt is when black people deny um these experiences that we have have you come across people like that when like a black person doesn't want to acknowledge yeah. like slavery and stuff either <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um like stuff that's happened to black people like yeah, yeah. i've come across like a couple like not a lot a lot mm-hmm. but yeah definitely 
experienced few people like that. Yeah. What is racism? You know, I, I've had that, I guess, I think like two, two three weeks ago. Mm. Um, a guy from Ghana, um, my friend introduced me to him, and he straight up said, stop playing the victim, because we were discussing racism. Stop playing the victim. Uh, racism doesn't exist here in like Vancouver. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> What is wrong with you? <laughs> I got so heated. I took it so personally. And I was just like, okay, I just, we just left. My mm-hmm. friend and I just left because, yeah, you can't help people who don't want to be helped, you know? If they're not willing to see certain things, then, yeah, that's. It just makes you wonder, like, why it bothers them so much, you know? Like, um, yeah. Because the reality is, like, our generations, like, normally, like, people around our age range, um, mm-hmm. our parents are still from, like, wherever our um, ethnic history is from. So, mm-hmm. like, Africa or wherever, like, um, Jamaica or something, you know? Yeah. Most of my friends that have ethnic parents, their parents actually come from those countries. It's not like they're, like, yeah. their first generation yeah. Canadian is what I'm trying to say, like, yeah. um, for my friends. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like your parents probably experienced that and like maybe not but Mm -hmm. even still like your grandparents probably did or like even if not like your grandkids could face it like I don't know it just it's such an interesting thing that it just bothers you that much that you feel the need to like quiet it just yeah yeah that's true it's still fresh is what you're saying that the that it's not like your your great-great-grandfather experienced it and you know nothing about it yeah Mm -hmm. Um, like it just it's not that long ago that we wouldn't have been able to share a bathroom with exactly, a white person exactly yeah. that's what kind of blows my mind is like you know I literally met a man on set that marched with Martin Luther King Jr oh my goodness wow. which is crazy <laughs> um yeah. yeah and so for him like he experienced that he was arrested for it and yeah. um yeah like that just really hit home because I was like Wow, I yeah. just met someone who <laughs> was in this like monumental uh, event for yeah. like our race, yeah, and for our world. It's not even just for a race; it like affected our world, like what that whole like movement did for us. Exactly. Yeah. And that was not long ago. Like that no. man is still alive. <laughs> so how can you <laughs> deny that? Yeah. Yeah. And he amazing. has experienced racism, and he lives in White Rock, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, it's. Anyone who tells me they don't know racism or they don't see racism, obviously it's not the truth. They're either choosing to ignore it or are in denial or or just are ignore. What did I just say? Choosing to ignore it or are um, just, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) And if they happen to not have experienced it... (laughs) I'm honestly glad that someone happened to slip through this life without <laughs> experiencing. Like blind. Yeah. <laughs> Blinded. But I don't know. There's no way. I'm sorry. There's no way. That guy was blacker than me. Um, and he's a black man. There's no way. The one I was telling you about. There's no way he doesn't experience racism or doesn't see it. He's just choosing not to mm-hmm. see it. Um, now, one more topic and then we're going to wrap this up. Um when it comes to um, like how I explain white privilege to people, mm-hmm. uh, specifically women, because it's very hard, white women, it's very hard uh, to explain white privilege to white men, I find. 
mm. because they're the most privileged people in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, but with white women, I actually try and get them to see this perspective by comparing it to the feminist movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember talking to this one girl about uh, Black Lives Matter. And um, she's like, all lives matter. <laughs> I'm sorry, that just, like, anyway, all lives matter. And I'm just like, do I have, do I want to debate this with this person or not? And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. Usually I choose not to waste my breath. <laughs> and there's almost like a moment of calculation where you're like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was like, you know what? you know, halo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and educate this person. Um, and uh, I told her, there's a feminist movement. And uh, imagine if, like, do you believe in the feminist movement? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, it's, it's important, obviously, because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. And, um, okay, so are men and women equal? No, we're not. We still have a way to go, whatever. Mm. And um, I'm like, okay, so then imagine if a guy comes and says to you, um, we need a movement for men, you know? How would you feel about that? She's like, well, whatever, you know? She knew where I was I was going with this. And I was like, okay, so basically Black Lives Matter is um, the same thing as the feminist movement, except it's a, to highlight, to shed light on black issues Mm -hmm. so how would you feel if somebody told you there's no need for a feminist movement because basically what you're saying when you say all lives matter you're telling us that there's no need for this movement because everyone matters and that's not what the all uh, black lives matter movement is about right she still didn't get it (laughs) She, she didn't get it. And I was like, okay, uh, done. <laughs> <Delete>. <laughs> yeah, you tried. I tried. But that's a really good point, though. Yeah. And again, it's like she's just choosing to um, not see it. Like, yeah. I think deep down she knows what you were trying to say. Like, I think, yeah. again, it's just like a resistance that really doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's always the people who are not affected by the issues that are like this yeah um because yeah it's just i was saying to someone i'm like the people who i feel like when there's like an issue say like about um race Mm -hmm. like the um the civil rights movement it's like if there were no other races that were there to protest with black people the movement wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Because it only affects the black people. Mm-hmm. But there are people who chose to... They were like, this isn't right. And this doesn't affect me. Yeah. But I'm going to this march. Yeah. And that's what made it change. Because yeah. other people cared. Yeah. You don't change the way the world works if you choose to sit in silence. Mm-hmm. Exactly, you know? Yeah. And if you choose no side, they say you take the... You automatically say the... Oh my god, I can't Oh, talk. yeah, I know, what she, I know what she's saying. <laughs> I'm pretty um, sure that's Martin Luther King who said that. Remember, but I get what she's saying. If you, take, if you choose to not take sides, you automatically take the side of the oppressor. Exactly, That's the yeah. quote. And I'm yeah. pretty sure it's Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. I should know that, but yeah. But <laughs> um, it's true because... It's true. You're yeah. choosing not to say anything. And, mm-hmm. um, and I know it's extreme, but um, I was talking to someone about this and I said, um, it's like the Holocaust, people chose, like, they knew it was happening, and they chose not to do anything, and look what happened. Millions of people lost their lives. Yeah. 
And that's what happens when you choose not to acknowledge something that's happening right in front of your face. Yeah. So yeah. good for your friend for know, yeah. at least educating yourself because... Exactly, yeah. And it means a lot. Like, it, it just speaks to the maturity of the person. Mm-hmm. If you're not directly affected by it, and yet you're impacted by it, you're affected emotionally enough to care mm-hmm. and want to do something for something that doesn't affect you, mm-hmm. that speaks volumes about that person. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I... We definitely need more people to acknowledge white privilege. Mm-hmm. He, anyone who tells me white privilege doesn't exist, we just have nothing to talk about from there because it says so much about their mentality. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're stubborn because it's sometimes just like certain battles aren't worth <laughs> fighting. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> um, Got to preserve your energy. <laughs> exactly. Um, and... Uh, one other thing that we talked about at work was um, colorism, mm. and like not to get too deep into it, um, That's good, yeah. but <laughs> um, yeah. but I just feel like as a mixed person, I've witnessed a lot of biracial people who have this kind of superior mentality, mm. and that mm. annoys me so much. Yeah, um, and just the whole trend of like having a mixed child for the sake of having a mixed child, like I actually find it disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you look at a child and they're just the essence of like life and innocence and how can you say that oh this mixed child is more cute than this other fully raced child of whatever race like it's just yeah it's It's, weird it is it's um it's disgusting yeah um a lot of people sometimes i'm sure you can relate to this i get this all the time when the people look at me they think that i fall under that category yeah and i don't blame them because a lot of people do mm-hmm. um that's why i said when i spoke to you i actually assumed you were gonna not know much about your uh, black side either mm-hmm. because that's those are the kind of people that i've been meeting mm-hmm. um they want to be like they their ego is huge because they think they're light skin and it's this beautiful thing, mm-hmm. but they don't. Um, yeah, there's a superiority complex when mm-hmm. it comes to um, people who come from mixed race families. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I don't know. It's just <clears throat> so obvious in a lot of ways. Like I find in the TV and film industry too. Like who they cast is typically a whitewashed version of the mm. race that they're going for, mm. um, and. It's, I think it's monumental to see fully raced, uh, like, actresses, whatever race, but, you know, it's, it's very nice. And especially when they're, like, a darker complexion, which is, like, the black race, you yeah. know? So seeing that finally come through in, like, lead parts yeah. is so nice. Because can you imagine, like, a fully, like, black, black child. child, little girl with dark skin seeing, like, Viola Davis or, you know, someone yeah. on screen like that? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's and I also just um, listened to a, a different podcast, Their Seats podcast, where they talked about um, the show Blackish, oh, yeah. and they were like, they liked it at first, and then they kind of stopped watching it because they were like, I just want to watch a show with um, black people where they are just living their lives and going through like um, general experiences like falling in love, going to school, you know, all those things Mm -hmm. without it always being about like, um, teaching, like, it's, it's kind of like they're trying to teach like white people or just, or everyone (laughs) about like the issues that, um, 
black people face. And, yeah. like, I get that, but I was like, yeah, that makes sense, because I think there should be a balance of, um, of teaching people, but also just sometimes it feels like there's not a show where there's just a black character who yeah. is just, like, just a regular living. person. Yeah. You know what? Um, I think that is so important. Um, I'm going to talk about Sudan. I, I don't like to talk about <laughs> Sudan much, but... Um, if we fix our problems within the black community, mm-hmm. we honestly would be unstoppable. If we um, uplift each other, support each other, in, and um, are confident and raise confident children, mm-hmm. and um, our ideas of beauty isn't defined off of our skin tone, mm-hmm. if we have that, if we work on each other, we are gonna grow, and everybody else will be forced to change, mm-hmm. and will be forced to accept us for what we are. But because we think so little of ourselves and each other, other people, we can't expect other people to think highly of us. Um, So one thing about the Sudanese revolution is um, all the Sudanese people came together and they took down a dictator. If you're un, um, if you don't, if you haven't heard about the Sudanese revolution, you guys need to check it out because um, we were colonized for 30 years and um, we were all divided based off of tribes and uh, political affiliation and religion. But when this revolution took place, every single person united and we had about four million people go and take down this dictator peacefully, peacefully. Um, And that is unheard of, you know, other countries have tried to uh, revolt but they had conflicts with each other. And on top of that, um, the beautiful thing about the Sunni's revolution is uh, usually in um, Muslim cultures, when they revolt, it's usually men, but the Sunni's women were the ones that took charge of the revolution and they were out there protesting, spending the night with other <coughs> men like outside the political uh, headquarters. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Usually in those kind of environments, the women, there are cases of sexual harassment, mm-hmm. but there hasn't been a single one case of sexual harassment because mm-hmm. everybody was united. Women were respected. Mm-hmm. Men, regardless of their religion and culture, political affiliation, all united and took down two dictators in a matter of, I think, four months. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. If black people do that, trust me, like the world will have no choice but to accept us for who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're just going to answer um, a random question uh, from the box that I normally do, if you guys are familiar with it. Um, so yeah, you can pick a question, Okay. and then we'll answer it, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Um, what do you miss about childhood? Oh, that's a good one. Am I answering this? <laughs> yeah, we both do. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. You want to go first? <laughs> um, I guess, like, the simplicity of childhood. Oh. Like, I, I miss, um, like, going to school and then coming home and, like, having the excitement of, like, my favorite TV show, which was That's So Raven. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, or, like, The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. And just, like, if there was a new episode, like, how excited I was and about that. And just, like, the simplicity of hanging out with friends and that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Not feeling pressured to do 
adult yeah. stuff. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, that was going to be my answer. <laughs> um, yeah, no, when I saw the question, something inside me just kind of lit up. Like, mm-hmm. I got all emotional. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I missed that uh, simplicity and the... Like, you had a day, 24 hours, seemed like forever. Yeah. And um, taking, like, I don't know, just enjoying every little moment of, you know, the trees and the nature and your friends. Yeah. Just, yeah, it was, life was very easy. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> Um, do you want to answer one more? Because yeah, I feel like I, wanna... I answered first. I should have let you oh, go okay. first. Should I pick one? Or... Yeah, go for it. All right. Next question is, where would you choose to live if you had to leave this country? Oh, that's a tough one. Leave Canada? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, I would actually... I mean, I've always had this yearning to live in a Latin country. Oh. I've never been to Latin America. I've been to, you know, all over the world, but Latin America. Mm. Um, there's just something sexy about the culture and the the people. Yeah. So I would somewhere in Latin America. <laughs> nice. Anywhere. No, nowhere specific. <laughs> yeah. Fair. What about um, you? I feel like uh, I went to like a tropical place for the first time in January this year. Um, which was Mexico. Oh, cool. Um, I would probably want to live somewhere tropical. I think maybe Hawaii. Oh, cool. Um, just because that kind of, like, island life is so... It's so much more simple and less about material things. I And I think, like, just being in a place where you can really, like, appreciate being outside in nice weather. Mm-hmm. I think that would yeah. make a drastic difference to, like, my level of... Yeah. happiness and internal right. peace yeah. yeah okay cool yeah. <laughs> well thanks for coming on to my podcast thank you for having me yeah um so this is also going to be like a youtube video technically so i will put the link in the description of this uh, podcast episode if you feel so inclined to watch the video version um but yeah so you can follow her on Anna Loza. okay and that's, that's your instagram uh, yeah, it's my Instagram and my YouTube channel. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah. I'll put that in the, in the description as well so that it's easier to find. Yeah. But yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. If you ever have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can also email at imanadultnowwhat at gmail.com. I'd always love to hear from you and... Please subscribe and rate on your streaming platform of choice to receive updates of future episodes.